0: to it like once the gas starts opening and going on, uh, and you don't have your, your system open and, and running it, 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 it makes it really hard. the up. of the ones I'm talking out just the formations, uh, and these reasons I'm just are kind of careful about it
1: a whole new era of communication in the dairy industry is coming now you have the brightest minds of the global dairy industry right in your pocket and what's best you can listen to all of them while driving to a farm traveling or running errands it's never been this good and it's never been this simple the Dairy Podcast Show is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Diamond V. Because animal health deserves a healthier approach. A B Vista. Feed intelligence and targeted ingredients to optimize rumen function. With early detection in health, reproduction, and feeding, SMAX Tech future-proofs your dairy operation. Your partner for improving animal performance, Berg and Schmidt. Welcome to the Dairy Podcast Show a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the global dairy industry. R-Yeast 40 is a natural biotechnology from ICC designed to boost the health and productivity of animals under challenging production systems. R-Yeast 40 performance is supported by an unique processing technology that results in a pure product containing high levels of beta-glucans, MOS, and yeast metabolites. These factors, combined, promote the ruminal and intestinal modulation, helping the animals to reach their full potential.
2: Welcome back to the Dairy Podcast Show. Uh, I'm Barry Bradford from Michigan State University, and today I'm pleased uh, to welcome uh, someone I've known for quite a while, Dr. Glenn Holub. Dr. Holub is an Executive Dairy Technology Manager with Fibro Animal Health. Glenn was raised on a small dairy farm on the Texas Gulf Coast. He received his BS, his Master's of Agriculture, and his doctoral degrees from Texas A&M University in Animal and Dairy Science. And he then served as a county extension agent for 12 years. uh, Before he moved on to become a lecturer and faculty manager of the Texas A&M Dairy Cattle Center for five years, then as a feed company nutritionist and quality control specialist with Land O'Lakes Purina and Gores Incorporated for five years, and then as a professor of animal science at Texas A&M for eight years. Until nine years ago, he joined fibro animal health in his current role. And Glenn noted that each and every one of these positions over 39 years of his career has developed his thought process and his ideals for the dairy industry from various points of view. Glenn, thanks for joining us on the show today. I didn't know all the details of your career career path. It's been a, a really interesting um, set of roles you've had. I'm curious if, if you can reflect on what, what's the most difficult job you've ever had out of that list. Or maybe it's off the list. Maybe it was when you were eight years old milking cows at home. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think I
2: has That's a good attitude. I suppose it's a lot about your mindset, right? More so than anything else. That's right. <laughs> Sounds good. So, you grew up milking cows, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's probably about as hot and humid a climate as you can find in the US, right? <laughs>
0: To say the least, I know what hot cows look like, and I certainly know what the size of hot cows look like. Uh, and um, unfortunately, back in the day when I was growing up, we didn't know a whole lot to help our cows uh, get a little bit more comfortable because of the the situation we were in with the small family here, and, and our cows were pastured and had to go uh, out, kind of think for a little bit. And so I really know what, what cows do really and what they are looking for
2: absolutely and that's so that's what i thought we could uh spend some time on today is heat stress it's the right time of year to be talking about that right um so we should start with you know we're talking about the gulf coast of texas i think everybody would agree it's hot there but one question that always comes up especially if you're in my part of the country like michigan um is this really just an issue that people in the say the southern third of the US need to worry about or you know where do we need to think about heat stress
0: well obviously always in some of the northern states, if you, you happen to have the wrong couple of weeks this year, they're visiting or they're working. Uh, certainly, those cats don't know that they're not in the southern border of uh, the United States are on, on those weeks. It's hot and they just really are human. So, yes, all will say in, in the United States, common uh, in the United States, so we'll forget. But our living experience is for, okay, for Gary uh, uh, Catlin. And one of the reasons why they're gonna to have heat to stress on their calories is because they're such a huge metabolic machine. Uh, the physiology is such that uh, uh, they, they put out and they're not even one person would, would put out, so they, they've got a lot going on metabolically, and so they experience stress a lot more quickly than we are able to do. So when you and I feel
2: like is there a way to quantify that so like let's say for example every everybody's a little different right like to me a perfect temperature is maybe 76 degrees you know modest humidity um you know what's a kind of range i know humidity plays in so it comes a little more difficult but what's what's kind of a number um where we need to start thinking about cows having heat stress
0: that would be expensive. As a matter of fact, he's still 76 degrees Fahrenheit uh, with uh, moderate humidity or less than 25% humidity. That would put you on the lower end of heat stress for a very calm. So even though we're very comfortable, she has got a little bit more going on, piece, and so she's going to have heat stress at that low temperature, although I think mild. Uh, you're know, 10 degrees, that happens, becomes moderate, but that's semi humidity low. You're, at, you're at, you know 20 degrees, to yeah, 75, it's 95, you obviously feel a hot, she's really in and high stress, extreme stress So, uh, what, what feels normal to a human or more comfortable to a human is usually uh, uh, coming down from the trial rate, they are comfortable to towards the
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I learned, in I got involved in some heat stress research where we had um, 24-hour data on body temperatures on cows. And it was really bizarre to me when I first helped start analyzing that data how There would be a huge lag in body temperature. And so, you know, obviously, typically temperatures start dropping about 5 p.m., right? It depends on what time of year. But um, their peak body temperature really wouldn't stop dropping until midnight, 1 a.m. a lot of times. What's that all about? Maybe you understand the biology better than I do. Yeah.
0: Think that uh, uh, to a few things to, to help better way. And like you, uh, and, and this is a long time ago, but I worked my, uh, with Carl Pappen. He was my undergraduate advisor and teacher of Adobe uh, Science. Uh, so, and was forest, I was helping him as an undergraduate with some research. my first, I had an opportunity to work on research And we were actually taking temperatures of cows. And, uh, and I was surprised, just like you were at midnight, to find out that that cow still had a temperature that was elevated well over 101.5 degrees, which you might consider normal the sky was still near 104 degrees, and so many cows were still near 104 degrees. And then it was amazing to me also that when the day started to heat up, we were at a high moon at lunchtime, and now uh, the cows kind of then the other So there is a
2: because Yeah, we should maybe circle back to that in a minute. But I, um, let me step back to the regions again. I kind of blitzed past that. Um, You know, in my experience in the northern part of the U.S., many people are now convinced that investing in cooling uh, equipment is a good ROI. But not everybody is. So, if you get challenged on that from somebody in the northern third of the U.S., that what's the evidence that cows in my region are actually affected by heat stress? What's the what's your go-to answer there?
0: Or energy corrupted milk production or management level milk, if you want to. You can compare the salt market sources to where it must just be if there is a huge change there or a quick drop would indicate the best type of cows in good uh, In those records, you can also find more evidence uh, with the reproductive or measured nutrition, except the professional accredit rate, in the summer, actually, in abortions. Uh, of, uh, so you can look at that, and then another sneaky place to look is uh, uh, that so cool uh, the legumes are the to If you see some legumes thought, you cool that could be actually related to as well. But if you want to that, hey, am I getting enough instruments to affect my farm plan, put a number on it for to make the then I can prepare that for my loss and my productive loss and And then
2: you can come up with your so, Yep. Good answer. And then, um, this is a an interesting question of course it it's going to vary massively by region, but how do we assess within a given context what times of the year are are there times that with cows are actually experiencing heat stress so, the
0: uh, there's some apps on the phone uh, that will tell just looking at that will tell you whether uh, your cows will be experiencing any, any kind of heat stress uh, at, at that point uh, as well. But uh, the cows can tell you themselves. Uh, and, and, you know, if you want to look at the calendar, I, I'm going to say in most parts of the United States, you can be less fed with heat stress from paper to September center of in the South, but then there's a lot. fall off over. But uh, everyone has that. Those are told to The cow will tell you stuff so if, if you know uh, if you're a uh, And we just talked about how it feels for you. And so if you're having a great way and, and showing this is really nice weather, I look over to the cow and see what kind of weather having, uh, in they're having in the cow because they're a little bit different. So some things to look for in I mean, the uh, would be uh, that the activity of a gas, especially by kind of activity monitors, those are going to decrease the, the, the number of steps that are counted, are going to put down across the system from their and just they're so Their respiration rates you know, well, that's probably the easiest way to measure if you have any interest of all respiration rates somewhere between Thirty which is really cool. Uh, up to about like fifty is very moderate uh, respiration rate and potential. And if we often start getting respiration rates over sixty or more breaths per second, then we've got these things that are occurring. And what she's doing is trying to draw hot air from inside the, the body uh, so that she can get herself above of that. And so it's just a physiological process, not the fact that she needs more air, but she takes the cool air in. You know, and she's trying to cool herself. Uh, other things you might notice are that uh, cows stand longer. And uh, the reason they stand longer is they stand more blood. Uh, they're not taking them out of the But uh, that they're, they're standing so that their legs and the extremities of their body can extend deep with the air, cool uh, air around them. Uh, On you know, him as opposed to lying down. If Cal is standing up, then she'll get about a half a degree of Fahrenheit in an hour or five, body pressure. But she's lying down, she'll get like three uh, per hour. So it's double when she's lying down. So although we want to see cows lying down, down half and going very far, but she's physically just cannot move up, she can do much, too much heat uh, by, by doing that. So uh, that some things that, that you can look at whether you're or so, usually, you know, you also have to be managed, uh, to do that. And obviously, uh, if some things happen that you're not going to include if you don't, know, the, the you, goes up, you and I know that, because we research jobs, uh, the very producers are probably not going to notice that. The other end are probably not going to notice is was uh, drinking water and take those up. Uh, they drink a lot more water from the top because they're losing a lot more water through respiration and it'll help cool them so it's true. So there's a cow that's yeah, We've all seen those cows uh, where they're breaking the mouth, both them uh, just cooling out of the mouth. Those cows are extremely, dangerous. Those cows are trying to stressed uh, they're, they're that um, uh, maybe there's something that goes all the way back to that. You
2: know, just not able to talk to as a normal uh, Long to No, those are a, a lot of good highlights. So yeah, she, she, like you said, unconsciously, she's going to adapt by changing her behavior in a way that's, going you know, to maybe limit heat production and, and maximize heat dissipation. Are there any other things going on? Uh, how else is she going to respond that again, we maybe can observe? I mean, I want to get to, you know, why does she end up making less milk? Why does she end up being less fertile? That sort of thing.
0: And uh, this of uh, fermentation in there, it is a, a large of, uh, for the cow, and she's So uh, that's going to be something that was, see a decrease in that. The word i a drop in production of milk. Uh, and uh, that, that drop in milk production depends a whole lot uh, on the degree of stress of in the cow. It's so is the tougher the race of that stress. The longer it wears on, the more that counts, that uh, production. Basically, she's using a lot of energy uh, for the things that she has to do to change her uh, uh, physiology, or what she's doing to achieve to body. that energy is lost in milk production. In other words, you it's possible to play up and then there would be a lot less production if It goes like that. And actually, some research that we've got shows that if we pair cows and you stress them, and we the measure where they, they eat and cry matter in and, and then feed them from a neutral cow, that's the same amount of heat. The cow in our heat feels actually really way more production than the car body of that causes of the sector. So it's a double-edged sword on both sides of the start. Uh, and, and the more that we can do uh, to make our cows more comfortable and avoid that crop. Naturally, cows in early location, we try to buy a of milk, not uh, several pounds. We're going to so familiar with that for the remainder uh, of the location. So uh, we really, really need to focus on keeping this first
2: I don't know that there's any strong data for this, um, but I've had a number of conversations. Anecdotally, people who really track heat stress um, will pretty consistently tell me that they think cows get hit harder by a mild early season heat stress than sort of ongoing heat stress say in July and we've speculated about you know there's some there has to be some seasonal adaptation um cows some to some degree have to adapt to the cooler weather and then when you get a pretty warm week in say March um it really seems like cows get hammered is that what you've observed do you agree with that that idea
0: We've done some heat studies where we put cows in heat shaders um, and immediately go from them a neutral of heat stress. Uh, We've actually, uh, a lot of times when those cows fight heat shock proteins, we, we measure uh, the, the cortisol, we measure uh, all of the different uh, parameters, and including the immune response. They're used to some kind of rotation on um, that first day following uh, heat stress. And uh, so, yes, uh, when we insult the cow. Quickly, new natural to it's has a, a huge impact on of the dust. i I'd say less. Here is that first hole thought that maybe gets in uh, a little more aggressively than, than we think it should. Seems like the cost you know, you know, can handle that because of the cool But nonetheless, uh, both of those are products to the system, and we just to make Body.
2: And, uh, no and I think that that can be, I think that's kind of true independent of management, but I think what can make that even worse is particularly if you have to do a lot of work to sort of get ready for summer and, you know, a warm stretch hits and, and then you're starting to think about field work and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, we don't really have our fans or sprinklers set up. And, uh, anyway, that's a good lead in to, um, we're talking about all these sort of dire situations. Let's think about how we can help. Right. So, so compared to when you were a kid, I think the, um, the world of engineering has that kind of helped us with a lot of tools. And, um, certainly a lot of people have done some good work on how do we, make the cows heat dissipation mechanisms work as well as possible what can we do externally so talk me through that if you would like what are the top five tools or strategies that we should be using
0: That ventilation comes to the play, and whether that's natural, and you can drop curtains and, and allow the natural workflow to go through the bar to help pull the cows, open up the use if it's in the something like that. Maybe these are bad for some engineers that have done a really, really great job over the years. So of managing uh, buildings, uh, so that they can make them more, more comfortable uh, doing something like so uh, and then, the dilation the is not natural, it it's not enough, then we start looking at fans to move the air. And I'm really, I'm no expert on that. I know what, what it feels good in the I know what it feels bad in uh, the And the best advice I've ever got from someone that works the key ways uh, as the farthest point away from that family, and that's the closest point, notice the difference. Basically, uh, uh, that's where the cows are housed. But as you see, if you're getting them the uh, air movement, the other thing is if cows are standing, they're walking air movement as well. So you've got to take all these, these points into consideration. So the engineers have got a great job. Uh, doing that over the years, they've come a long way in the actual the that we put in these spots, and we've made some mistakes in the past, and thought we were doing a good job, but uh, it may have felt for the parts, but it just must not have philosophy for the job and making their work. But what they were saying really important and were in the direction of that of the, uh, question. And then boys don't have to make these of our moisture in that like air for theater by the way. So what we're trying to do is calculate. The problem is it's less, less than got, and it just take a little slowly that we've all seen. It just doesn't count on bottles, that's my point. And so that's uh, just close. That's not adequate cool. like the work that we people are forced to stay, even more so. But uh, so we, we have the light, uh, we have the moisture through the air. Uh, the, the droplets of water can either cool the air around the cow or we can actually physically we wet the cow. Uh, and depending on what system we have, if we wet the cow, the, the complete wetter, uh, the wetter and then lower the cluster and a wetter uh, body evaporate that, right, that that moisture off of you know, The evaporation of that moisture from her body goes physically off of her and the floss. So that's what actually helps cool uh, and uh, then we get into, and uh, as i traveling uh, along the southwestern United States, the back of the when we blow a uh, mist, of uh, pressure down on the cows, and uh, we, we do, those, those guys do it, it off, right, uh, otherwise it's no cows, uh, but uh, they do a tremendous amount of, of uh, work to make sure their cows are cool. Uh, they get a little bit of help the, the meltdown temperatures as compared to some areas of the country where it might be cool the cows down a little of the ground. off my house those cows, you can show up there at 5 o'clock in the morning, they're, they're back and their backyard grooves are on and working. Uh, those cows are going to make a little poor cool, cool body temperature than those cows that are, are going to have to sleep out there on so, uh, the place to cool those things. So basically, the analysts. Whether it's natural sure or provided, and then adding water, uh, mixers or scopers, uh, and, and then evaporative tools, uh, speakers, uh, the back of the schools, uh are, are kind of the go tos for effective cooling out. Now, there are some ways to mess that up, uh, it depends on, on your climate. Um, uh, but the uh, number one I learned the hard way when I remember Dutch problems, secondary stuff, so, because you got know, under pressure. When, when the air is hotter than the cloud, the light temperature doesn't do any good at all at all. So, uh, I, 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 you've got to have revelation. There's no doubt about it. still a little worse than over here, but you've got to be really cognizant of, of where your input is for growing that area in there. And then, obviously, I'll uh, go back a little bit the, the new design of um, the Cross ventilator, poly ventilator, large cross ventilator, really, really popular now. Those have come a long way in their design, in their comfort, and the powerful systems that they've got. Uh, I, you know, we've we done a really good job uh, You can actually feel a chill uh, walking from the outside to the inside of one of those in the summer if they're going really, really well. So, We've done a good job uh, costs money. there's no doubt about that but uh, it,
2: sometimes pay it for, get it back. one um sort of rule of thumb i was going to ask you about you mentioned that um sort of we've learned over the years that it takes actually a lot of airflow a lot of velocity to have much of an impact um is there a, is there a number that you keep in your back pocket of course there, it always depends right but yeah okay, fair
0: enough.
2: And I don't know you know engineers might cringe, but um, from the really good tunnel and cross vent barns I've been in when it's real hot out, like often the air speed is something like eight to ten miles an hour it's It's not trivial, right, so it takes a lot of fan power. Um, but it has a big impact on cows. Um, It might also be worth mentioning um, if people haven't spent much time thinking about this, um, you mentioned the, the evaporative uh, cooling systems in in the Southwest. I always think of those as like Arizona systems. Um, Maybe it's worth going into, you know, why those are not used, uh, so much in Missouri, for example. Right, Florida, yeah. When
0: the humidity gets so high, yeah. if you're adding more moisture to the cow's environment, you're going to have to be going have moisture to the environment. Yes, you might be cool, but the next thing you've got, you've got environmental mess by this cow problems. You've got the, gals that never dry off, uh, in this, uh, thermococcalist, uh, develop on some of these scows that they can get a place to, to dry off really well. So, those are only going to work in the driest of climates. Uh, and, uh, that's, you know, they sound like a good idea, but when well, you add moisture on top of the moisture, you're going to it with and you're going to have with Alex, you're going to have it with, with, uh, uh, with, with cows and uh, factor, which, you actually can capture some know, of the key onto the cows that I think we've and what So obviously the reason uh, for the cooling systems that exist, and fortunately that's why they very much have in the Southwest West. do a really good job. They know what it takes to cool their cows, but they get a little bit of help with the dryness of the at night, uh, and, and there's a reason there's a lot of cows in that part of the United States.
2: I think um, it's it's been, well, I, I think there's a couple of things that people have been evolving toward. One I want to mention briefly is that idea of that uh, sort of lag phase in in body temperature. And I think the better managers in this space are, instead of just having the systems turn off based on the air temperature, you know, they're sort of building in a lag and they'll have cooling systems running in the night, even when the employees that might be out there might be straight up cold. <laughs> but those cows are still dissipating daytime heat at that point. Right. So that's, I think, the big point. Yeah. Yes,
0: so out there like, you know, cows have to the where we can sure their zone a little bit uh, and that's
2: why we see a lot of cows like the other thing that I think has changed a lot in the last oh, 10 years or so, is um, people saw pretty early, I think, because of milk yield and whatever, the impacts of cooling lactating cows. But because of a lot of the work done at Florida, University of Florida, Jeff Dahl and others, um, has really made it clear the impact of heat stress in dry cows. So I've really seen a lot of people sort of reinvesting in that sort of dry cow barn that was ignored for a lot of years. Is that what you've seen too?
0: study that didn't, very fact, that wasn't successful. Uh, and that's uh, what they're there. we taking it on uh, and, and really looking at it. And looking at the, the difference of, uh, obviously they, they shade all the cows with the, the fans of, of the Mississippi Network. Uh, but they apply to them to who cool those cows So what they're seeing is as opposed to, like, all the cows are coming up when they cool the dry cows. It just goes from, like, actually goes back and the to normal as opposed to the beans, or the startup milk goes away after on those cows, and then he's actually found on our way of asking them, I don't give him all the brave all the sleep at but we have actually found a this is a challenge for each of us is one the provide And uh, it's actually not one monetization, but two or three live uh, And it uh, actually the now to choose- some programmed uh, somewhat differently. And uh, it's just not capable of producing that. So we, we're learning so much and have of those guys. All right, well,
2: is there is there one important impact of heat stress that you think most people overlook or ignore? I, know, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I need
0: to, guys to with, uh, as you earlier, well, a that heat stress gets, gets, gets there, uh, so, it's not which ones are not running. It's which uh, nozzles uh, are clogged on your sprinkler system. uh, trigger it all out when, uh, when you can get that fixed. Uh, well, it's too much. Once the cows start cutting you back off, uh, and you don't have your, your system up and, and running, it, 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 makes it pretty hard. But the potential falls, number one, I don't boy, how fast the producers uh, and these i producers of social agents, so I kind of feel about it. And I'll come back, about it. Well, I i i the I think is the reason that I saw those people, they get everybody gets paid. Uh, uh, maybe now there's still a chance for uh, someone that's not in the field yet, or whatever, get systems up, they get those to this, to and make sure that they'll uh, uh, Another guy like that is that with separate hitchhires on don't forget about that. They go hand in hand, The cows are uncomfortable uh, like, You don't know if the pesky flies. Uh, so After the plenty of control uh, strategies that, that work really, really well. And uh, it's, it's an instrument. So, and then we've done research and we know a stress uh, on the future, so, know. so uh, the you know, thing. So, uh, to our time when we wanted Uh, the cows uh, are not allowed to anymore. Uh, so, uh we, we actually saw uh, and they to pool they're not allowed anymore. So, anyway, uh, it, it, it's the cows, it, the comfort zone of a, a, a comfortable cow the
2: sort of on the flip side are there are there strategies you see that people have sort of passed down through the years and keep using that you think are just a waste of time or maybe even counterproductive i'm just
0: curious Blow well, we the cows and come up uh, late. But there's a tremendous amount of uh, water wastage. And so it actually like it so we can track the amount of cows if we can pay you uh, to apply water to their bats. And then we can actually get them involved in some public and things like that that are very unnatural. So I could therefore about out. And then I've been really, really looking at ways to not blow hotter air cows just because you've got a fan. Uh, you've got want to look at uh, the green-resistant amount of so gas or yellow quarter of going in on those cows. As opposed to bringing it down to the beginning of the group that's called Mr. Struckman-Lineville. So uh, it, it's, by like, God, uh, everything in this industry of uh, money and it's huge to cost more money all the time. Uh, but uh, if, if you really want your cows to, to express their genetic potential and to make you the most amount of money, you're going to feel good about it. you
1: got a quarter those cows right? so, It's time for our Famous Three. The Dairy Podcast Show is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Fibro Animal Health Corporation, Healthy Animals, Healthy Food, Healthy World, DSM, providing innovative feed additives that improve the efficiency and profitability of dairy production. R-Yeast 40, Ruminal and Intestinal Double Modulation by ICC Animal Nutrition. Exelite by ProTecta, a novel product for the management of hypocalcemia. It's uncomplicated excellence.
2: Okay, we've come to our famous three questions we ask everybody. Uh, first of all, what's your favorite dairy-related book or resource? <laughs>
0: Top by uh, far away the most uh, uh, wonderful resources yeah. uh, so Now, for producers out there, I, I, I have my house off to professionals uh, and to folks like yourself, there and other uh, folks out that take message and that boost on the to the producers. I love. I appreciate
2: that great what about your favorite book or resource outside of agriculture
0: I I like folks the But I'm
2: not Good for you. All right. Last but not least, in your opinion, what sets successful dairy professionals apart from those who are less successful? The
0: guides that, like you're tough. uh, you're I'm going to read of folks but I'm sorry I didn't start it today. But the folks right, that have uh, their uh, like, like on the ground that can go to the producers, uh, I a clean or a purpose, i out my place. i on the ground, don't know what's happening at the production level, they're not still offering. So those are the guys that I think that are the most successful. And if you want to look at the producers themselves as uh, professionals, which they are, uh, I mean, nobody in the dairy industry is not professional because it's their profession. Uh, once look at all the ones with their own minds that are willing to adapt to situations and changes as they occur and are adapting new technology that some are trying to keep up with some-
2: Fantastic. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Glenn. I enjoyed that conversation. This has been another episode of the Dairy Podcast Show. If you haven't followed us yet, uh, don't forget to click that button so you don't miss the next episode. And until next time,
0: take care.